0: We have been studying through the book of Revelation. Normally, I don't take a book and go through it. However, for the last 16 weeks, we've been doing that. And so I welcome the time together. I believe that uh, once you get to heaven, you'll be glad you studied this book. Right now, a lot of this may not make sense. It might seem far off. But when you get to heaven, you'll say, hallelujah. Uh, We studied. I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to come to pass in the end time. By the way. The text we're looking at today do you realize how close this could be what we're reading today seven years it could just be seven years away if the lord jesus should come today and he could it would only be talking about seven years later he would uh will be facing what we're going to read today it seems way in the future however it is not and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what we're talking about the coming kingdom the coming kingdom. Is the title of the message and I believe there's three pieces of the puzzle that will fit together now I was sharing with one of our brothers as I drove up I want to reiterate 30% of your Bible is prophecy y'all look up here 30% of your Bible is prophecy and therefore if you leave this part off then you've missed the whole Bible and prophecy in fact will let you know that uh, this uh, thank you brother Josh Prophecy will automatically throw you into listening to a preacher or a teacher Sunday school and let you know how they interpret the whole Bible. It's an acid test. Once you tell me what you believe about the end time, I can tell you how you interpret the Bible. And I want to thank God for you coming each Sunday. And you give me an hour out of 168 hours a week, one hour and uh, the time to praise and worship the Lord. Our services have been geared to try to be one hour, one hour and 15 minutes, so I thank God for the time we have. I know I share a lot, and I know it's a lot to take in. That's why we've got it on video. You can also go back to our YouTube site and, and look at the message, and that's why I encourage you to take a pen and a piece of paper. And write notes down right now it might not seem applicable but I want to assure you uh, there's a world out there that's asking questions and you and I can share hope in the Lord in fact the passage we're looking at today gives us several thoughts first of all it lets us know that suffering now will be rewarded later That's the question that a lot of people are asking. Why am I going through all I'm going through? And the Lord gives us assurance that we will be rewarded in due time. Not only that, but it lets us know, the passage we're dealing with today, that God is in control. We looked at that last week. He's in control. Thirdly, it lets us know that God is going to fulfill His covenants with His people. Fourthly, it lets us know that Jesus Christ will defeat the devil. It seems like the enemy's in control today, but we're going to read today where the enemy is going to be defeated. And I think there's going to be some practical application as I've been pouring into this text, studying and praying, and trying to make it as applicable as possible. And so there's a lot of wonderful truths in the Scripture today as we look at this subject called the coming kingdom the coming kingdom and this coming kingdom is found in the book of Revelation chapter 20. Find your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 20. Now I know I had you standing a long time last week. You stood for a long time and I know some of you are tired and so I'm just going to read the text today. Would that be all right? I'm going to read the text today. I know I have you standing for a long time and so where you won't have to stand a long time I'm going to read the text. Now the reason we stand is reverence and respect to the Word of God. However, today I'm going to take this opportunity and allow you to sit down as I read, because we're going to read the whole, well, not the whole chapter, but uh, a good portion of the chapter. But as we're progressing through the book of Revelation, again, this is the 16th message in the book of Revelation the Lord has had us to preach. And three main parts Three pieces to the puzzle we're going to see in this text today. If you would like to take notes, here's where we're going. Number one, the explanation of the kingdom. Number two, the anticipation of the kingdom. And number three, the preparation of the kingdom. One, the explanation of the kingdom. What is this kingdom all about? We talk about the kingdom we pray about the kingdom but when is the kingdom how will you relate to the kingdom will the church be involved in the kingdom i talked with a man sunday night here's what he said he's a a faithful man here in the church he said pastor what's it going to be like during the millennial reign i love those kind of questions it lets me know people are interested and people are thinking about this what's going to come hereafter And so, that's what we're going to do today. Those three pieces of the puzzle. First, the explanation of our text. Secondly, the anticipation of what the kingdom's about. And then thirdly, the preparation. And the preparation is more of the application of the text. So... I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 20. If you've got it, hold your Bible up, please. We've looked now at chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 11, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 16, chapter 17 last week. We've looked at chapter um, uh, 21 and chapter 19, and now we're coming to this text. Again, I'll assure you, when you get to heaven, you'll be glad we studied the book of Revelation. And so i want to begin reading in chapter 20 of uh, the book of revelation verse 1. now i've got a lot amount of time the clock is ticking every moment so i want you to follow with me as we study this subject the millennial reign of christ i'm from the perspective that the kingdom is not in operation right now rather god's universal kingdom is in operation but when we say lord help us build your kingdom," And I used to pray that until I got a real study, did a real study of the kingdom from Genesis to Revelation. The kingdom, literally speaking, has not come yet. It will, however, when Christ comes to sit on his throne in Jerusalem. If you read the Bible and you interpret it from a literal, grammatical, historical perspective, that's the conclusion you'll come to, is the kingdom is not in operation now. The millennial kingdom will come, as I said, and we're going to see the timing on it. Let me just go ahead and give you the timing. The coming kingdom, preparing for what's ahead. The coming kingdom. Let me just give you a quick overview of where we're at, chronologically speaking, in the book of Revelation. If you'll notice up here, and I looked last night as I was uh, getting ready for today, that everybody can see this right here. Take time. The Lord has me to take time, several hours a week, developing a PowerPoint, because a lot of this is information, but I'm the kind, I've got to see it. And therefore, I hope this is a blessing and a help to you to be able to visualize where we're talking about, and furthermore, where we're going. There's a logical uh, train of thought in our message today, explanation and anticipation and preparation. Rather than throwing words out, this is the reason this, uh, the Lord has us to do this, and I pray that it's a blessing to you. Now, and it uh, requires me to take a little bit more time explaining. Now, if you look up here at this map, you'll notice that we're now living in the church age right now and yet the next event is the rapture of the church the coming of the lord and the air and immediately following the antichrist will emerge confirm a covenant with his people by the way we learn by repetition i repeat this over and over again and yet this is called the tribulation a day of jacob's trouble primarily meant for the jews not the church but the jews We've got a whole uh, message on that, reasons to be ready for the right rapture. You can look at our YouTube and figure out why and how uh, all that's going to play out. My time will not allow me to go into all the details, but I can reference you to more details on these particular subjects. But for today, we're looking at not only the end of the tribulation, at the battle of Armageddon, the battle of all battles, but Christ will come again. And by the way, after the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ will take place. We will be accountable how we've lived here on earth and then we'll be either rewarded or suffer loss as we enjoy the marriage of the Lamb in heaven and waiting for Christ Jesus to come again as shown in Revelation 19 and Zechariah 14 and Matthew 24. These are texts in regards to the second coming of Christ. The rapture 1st Thessalonians 4 1 Corinthians 15 John 14 these are references of the rapture of the church please distinguish the two Christ comes in the air the rapture Christ comes back to the earth the second coming now at the second coming he will inaugurate on earth he does not come to the earth in the rapture Jesus does in the second coming and we come back with him this is what we're looking at today the millennium the 1000 year reign again All it has to take is seven years and we're in there. The year 2027, the year 2028. We could be in the millennial reign in the year 2028 if the Lord comes back again. So it's not maybe so far off as you think. Now, this 1,000 year reign on earth, I need to share with you briefly. And I know I'm preaching and speaking to a lot of teachers in the crowd today. Some who just come and they just maybe not want to be interested in studying the Word. Maybe as in depth as we're doing. And God bless you, you'll pick up something anyway. Others are hungry for the Word. They want to study the Word, and they want to be able to share the Word, and for that I say hallelujah. And that's why I appreciate our leadership teams. Here at New Rocky Creek, we put a high emphasis on the preaching of the Word of God. I love worship. I love music. But let me just say this. I'm not saying this critically. Whoever wants to go to these churches are fine. But in my own personal opinion, I don't think we ought to sing for five minutes and have a five-minute sermon. Rather, I think the Word of God is inspired of God, and we need to be built up in the Word of God. Amen, and amen, and amen. Why? Because if we ever needed more of the Word, it's now, not less. We don't need to cut out the Word of God. We need to add more to the Word of God because of our condition of America and our homes. And so I know you feel the same way as I do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And so I thank you for your patience. And one hour a week, out of 168, we dig deep in the Word of God. And so just hang on, would you? And be encouraged. Now, after the millennial reign, um, Christ uh, will set up his eternity, new heaven and new earth. We'll talk more about that in a moment. There are three different views of the millennial. Let me just throw them out. What we call the premillennial view, which means this chart I'm showing with you right now. However, there's another view when you start talking about the millennium or the 1,000-year reign, namely the kingdom. Please put the kingdom right here. This is the kingdom of God here when Christ sets up his kingdom. And uh, there is what is called the amillennial view, which says we're now in the millennium. I don't see it that way. The amillennial view and then finally the post-millennial view puts the millennial and then Christ coming after the millennium. I thought i'd just share that with you as you're reading and hearing teachers to understand the view that we're looking at today all right i said all that to lead us up to our text today revelation chapter 20 and we're going to look at the explanation of the kingdom the anticipation of the kingdom chapter 20 verses 1 through 3 is the explanation chapter 20 verses 4 through 6 is the anticipation and chapter 20 verses 7 through 10 is the preparation all right, I want to read verse chapter 20 verse 1 if you're there say amen. amen and I and that first word in the book of Revelation chapter 20 is the word "kai." it means it connects with chapter 19 what happened in chapter 19 Jesus Christ comes in his second coming so now John is describing again the kingdom to come what's going to take place well how does this relate to us is the enemy attacking us should our testimony be that of integrity I mean, how can we be a blessing to our family? I mean, how can we leave a lasting legacy? Every one of those questions can be addressed today in this message. Read verse, uh, verse 1 with me, please. And John said, I saw an angel. Man, this has to be a powerful angel. I saw an angelus come down from heaven having the key to what? The bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. The word bottomless pit there is abyss. We looked at it in chapter 9. It's a place where demon forces and evil angels reside. One angel binds Satan where? And puts him in the bottomless pit. Some describe this bottomless pit as a shaft going down to a deeper part of the earth. But keep reading. He chains him with, with, in his hand. He's got a chain and he binds the devil. Look at this, verse 2, he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Now those who uh, critique our interpretation of the book of Revelation and say the thousand years is not literal, it's symbolic. I reject that and uh, respectfully disagree with you. The Lord mentions one thousand years six times. He doesn't have to. All he's got to do is mention it once, (laughs) and I believe it. But at any rate, a thousand years is mentioned uh, a number of times in this passage. I take it literally. And then notice verse 3 and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him that he should deceive, please underline that, deceive the nations no more. Until the thousand years she should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. That word deceived is very important. Why? Because the enemy is deceiving people today. Y'all listen to me. Christians can be deceived. Jesus Christ said this, the very elect can be deceived. You can think and I can think we're doing God a favor and being in the will of God and yet be deceived. A lot of people tell me today, Pastor, I prayed about it. I know I prayed about it. How many know we all got blind spots? How many know that you can be deceived? You can be misled, I can be misled. And if you don't know the whole Scripture, and if you're not comparing Scripture with Scripture, just because you say you pray about something, we all have our preconceived notions about what we want God to do. And I've seen people step out of the will of God when they sounded spiritual, oh, I prayed about it, Pastor, and this is what God, I'm not being critical, I'm just telling you, the enemy is out to deceive everyone, me included, and you included. Therefore, this is very, very relevant to our modern day. That's the tactic of the enemy to deceive. Keep reading. Notice verse 4. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them. Who in the world is they? I'll come back to that in a moment. I believe that to be the church. I believe that to be the redeemed of God in addition to these martyred saints who have lost their head because they did not worship the image or worship the beast. And not only that, but I take also another view that I think personally the Old Testament patriarchs, saints, will be resurrected at the beginning of the millennium. I derived that conclusion from the book of Daniel chapter 12. And uh, so notice, uh, I'll elaborate that, Lord willing, in a little while. Hold that thought. Keep reading verse number 4. And I saw the thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls Suke is the word souls, of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the Word of God and which not, had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived, that's bodily lived, whether that be spiritual, uh, a immortal body as we'll have the church, but there'll be many who'll come into the millennial reign with a physical body. If you study the book of Matthew chapter 25, you know that the judgment of the nations, many will come into the millennial reign with a physical body in addition to the Jews who go into millennial reign. We, however, the church, will be raptured up, a new body, and come back with the Lord Jesus with a glorified body. Please, uh, as you think about that, uh, consider that as well. Now notice verse number 5. But the rest of the dead... Live not again until the thousand years were finished. We're fixing to read, and I'm not going to try to include this. This is another message for another time, the last part of chapter 20, the great white throne judgment. But this is who John is referring to. The rest of the dead will be sentenced to hell. Notice verse 5. But the rest of the dead live not again until what? After the thousand years were finished. And this is the first resurrection. Now, come back to that thought in a moment because it does not mean in order but as in time. Now, I'll explain that in a moment. Don't worry about it. If you don't get what I'm saying now, you'll understand in a moment. Verse 6, blessed Malkarius, there's some blessed Beatitudes in Revelation. Here's one of them. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God. Oh, yes, priest of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. You know where we're headed? That's where we're headed, to reign with Christ for a thousand years during the kingdom. Again, right now we're not living in the kingdom right now. Yes, if you want to say God's universal kingdom is here, but his literal kingdom will not come until he sits on the throne in Jerusalem. He inaugurates his kingdom at that time, and his kingdom there shall be no end. I used to think we're in the kingdom now, and I hear a lot of people praying and uh, talking about we're building up the kingdom now. Technically speaking, we're not. Please, differentiate between the two. Why? Because it can be a very confusing, misleading uh, statement if you say we're in the kingdom now. God has not fulfilled his covenants with the Jews. He willed in the kingdom, not before the kingdom, but during the kingdom. The church is not meant to go through the tribulation. And the kingdom we will enjoy the kingdom but the kingdom of god is to fulfill god's promises to the jewish people and we will have a part in that as well if you do not uh identify that then you misread a lot of the old testament okay i'm just saying that and i hope and trust you'll take it the right way and then look please with me and verse number uh seven and when the thousand years are expired keep in mind satan is bound he's been bound by one angel But the thousand years is going to expire. The word expire is the word teleos, which means it's finished. God has a plan and purpose. I'm always asked this question when preaching on the end time. Pastor, what in the world would God bind the devil for a thousand years and then loose him for a little season? I'm telling you, the Lord's in control. And God's given us free will. Today, you're listening by way of live stream or sitting here in the church. God's given you free will. You can obey God or resist God. I was talking to my brother the uh, the other day and he told me this. He said, Randy, I'm tuning in to some of the messages on your live stream. God bless you. We're praying for you. He said this. I've concluded this. Either people will get right with God in New Rocket Creek or they'll get out of New Rocket Creek. He said, they'll not be able to sit under preaching the word of God. Either they'll get right or they'll get out. They can't handle it. And I know where the word of God is being proclaimed. Either we obey it or we don't obey it. And therefore, uh, it's a word to me and to you to come under the word of God and uh, obey the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now notice again, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Look at verse 8. And he shall go out to do what? To deceive. Remember we read that up there in verse 3? He deceives. Now he's going out to deceive some more. How many of y'all believe that what's going on right now with the politicians, many of them have been deceived. Can I get an amen? Many are deceived. And if you don't, uh, if you're not a discerning person, you'd think they're telling the truth. It's hard for us these days to tell who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth. But God the Holy Spirit is the teacher and that's why I don't apologize for digging deep in the Word of God and challenging you in the Word of God that it might build you up that you might be wise that you might be full of the Word of God it's the Word of God that has life-changing power it's the Word of God that builds us up Paul said it's the Word of God what we need today not my human interest stories not your human interest stories but the Word of God faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God I'm convinced as the word has been proclaimed, it's gonna fall on good ground. The devil will steal away some of the seed and the thorns and thistles, the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches are gonna choke out the word in some of our lives. But some's gonna fall on good ground. And for that I say, thank you, Lord. Notice, God's called us to be faithful, by the way. Look at verse 8 again. Notice this. He should go out to deceive after the thousand years have finished. The devil should go out to deceive. The nations, look at this, verse 8, the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. In case my time runs out, I just want to simply allude to Gog and Magog. It is not the reference to Ezekiel 38, 39. Somebody sent me a YouTube not long ago and said, Pastor, what do you think about this message on Revelation 20? The person, no disrespect because I don't have the whole loaf either. I'm still learning about the Word of God. But this particular message said this Gog and may God is the same in Ezekiel 38 39. It's not. And I'll tell you why it's not. Here's why it's not. Don't confuse this with Ezekiel 38 39 when you start thinking about end time events. Why? Because in Ezekiel 38 39, there's a coalition of nations invade Israel from the north. Right here, they're from all the corners of uh, the world, not just from the north. And so there's a difference between the two, all right? Notice in verse 8, And they shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, Gog ruler, and uh, to gather them together to battle. Notice the devil's not given up yet. And the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And when they went up, notice they went up, the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city, it's Jerusalem. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. How do you all believe this is going to happen? This is going to happen. I tell you, friend, this is going to happen. You rest assured it's going to happen. And this is the way the enemy works. He's going to deceive, and then he's going to try to mislead and lead astray. Some of you listening by maybe this message right now, you've been deceived. And we all have blind spots. You need to come in the light. You need to say, Jesus, I'm not smart enough to figure it out. I'm not wise enough to figure it out. I don't want, watch this, I don't want my emotions to be tickled. So many people today come to church, all they want is emotional experience. They don't want to really, their will be broken and their spirit to be subdued to the Lordship of Christ. That's why people are flocking to churches where there's just easy believism and just a feel-good mentality. When the Word of God is proclaimed, I want to tell you something. God brings us to a verdict. Am I going to obey God or am I not going to obey God? Am I going to pretend like I'm spiritual or am I really going to yield to the Lord and obey the Spirit of God? Am I going to be a spirit-filled person or am I going to walk around deceiving myself and trying to let everybody else think that I'm a spiritual man or a spiritual woman? Therefore, I say I need the Word of God daily and I believe you do as well. Again. Verse 9, they went up on the breadth of the earth. Anytime you see went up, it means Jerusalem is 2,500, 2,400 feet above sea level. So anytime you read in the Bible where it says they go up, it means that Jerusalem is lifted up. So they went up, look at this, verse 9, on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp. Parambelo is the word, uh, paramboli rather is the word for camp. It means a citadel, a fortress. Now watch this. And the beloved city and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And then verse 10, finally, and the devil that deceived them was cast. The devil that deceived them. We've read that three times in this text. The devil that deceived them. Say that with me. And the devil that deceived them. Say that again. And the devil that deceived them. Say that again. This is the work of the enemy. Please don't be deceived today. Don't think that we don't need to confess our sins. Don't think that everything's right with us and the Lord. Don't be deceived in thinking uh, that we're everything we ought to be. Don't be deceived in listening to the lies of the devil and comparing ourselves with ourselves. Oh, no. It's easy to be deceived today and the enemy's working. The devil that deceived him, verse 10, was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts of the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now look, you can find fault with me and I can find fault with you, but you cannot find fault with the Word of God. You cannot find fault with the Lord Jesus Christ. And all I am is a messenger, I'm just delivering the mail. We read the text. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, dear God, that you would speak to our heart, prepare us not only for what's to come, but right now, help us to seize the opportunity to make the most of life and our influences in this life first with our family, with our spouses, with our children, with our grandchildren, and then, Lord, extend it out so that you might be glorified and that precious men and women, boys and girls, will hear the good news and we will live out, flesh out the good news. Jesus, still you save. You still love me. Hallelujah of me you still wash us clean with your blood and you are promising that the best is yet to come and you will reward those that are faithful to you I want to be faithful dear God oh Lord I pray for those listening today you'll help us to purpose in our heart we're not going to listen to the deception of the enemy but even this day we'll break free from the habits of sin and things that bind us down and we would see Jesus the author the finish of our faith. And we would come under the Lordship, the authority of the Word of God. And God, you'd defend us and subdue us and forgive me of self-righteousness. Forgive us of critical spirit. Lord, it's so easy to look around and see things and be critical instead of being humble, instead of, dear God, of seeing us, me standing in the need of prayer. So I pray, dear Lord, you'll have mercy on me and have mercy on us. Have mercy on this nation and prepare us for what's to come. When all said and done, we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. The church said, amen. Amen. Here's where we're going in the message today. Number one, the explanation of the kingdom. I want to give you four breakdowns. Listen, these are pieces to the puzzle. The first piece is explanation. It'll fit together of Revelation 20. Secondly, the anticipation. Thirdly, the preparation. Now, we're going to look at piece of puzzle number one namely this the explanation of the kingdom chapter 20 verses one through three and here's where we're going first of all we're going to see satan is arrested satan is arrested secondly we're going to see the saints are resurrected thirdly we're going to see not only is satan arrested saints resurrected we're going to see in a moment oh yes society is perfected what I mean society is perfected. All of this is in the Bible. My goal is to build you up in the word. My goal as your pastor is to equip you to know the word of God. Not just one or two verses but to study the word of God. To be a man or woman of the word of God that we might rightly divide the word of truth that we might speak forth the truth of God in people's lives who need Jesus Christ. And so number four not only Satan It's going to be arrested. We'll see that chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. Are you taking notes? This will help you analytically, chronologically dissect this chapter. It'll help you digest it. That's why I take the time to break it down. It will help you understand it more fully if you follow the train of thought. that's why i take the time so i'm encouraging you get out your pen get out your piece of paper and then when all said and done you will say yeah i see that now i see the chronological i see the flow of the text i see the application of the text i'm taking a little bit more time this morning to explain things to you because if i just jump right into it you don't know why i'm doing what i'm doing and i'm just trying to share with you why all right number one satan is going to be arrested two the saints will be resurrected three society be perfected, and for the sovereign Lord will be elected. Here's where we're going. You ready? Here's where we're going. Number one, Satan's going to be arrested. Satan's going to be arrested. And number two, saints will be resurrected. Three, society be perfected. And all of this is just going from chapter 1, verse 1, and 4 and 6, and all the way through ch- verse 10. What we read today, we're fixing to go over it, okay? I like to read the text, explain certain words where we can get them in our mind, like uh, the bottomless pit. I like to take time to define words just in case you may not put the connection. And then after reading the text, we come back and uh, develop it in an exegetical, what we call, in an understandable format. And so I believe that's the uh, process the Lord allows us to do. And so I hope that you'll be able to follow. Now... The saints will be resurrected, society will be perfected, and the sovereign Lord will be elected. Number one, Satan is going to be arrested. Let's look back in chapter 20, verse 1. I've got on the screen where you can stay in tune and you can stay engaged as I'm preaching, okay? So I take the time to to tape these and paste these on because I want you to stay engaged, all right? Number one. I saw angel an angel come down from heaven having the key to the bottomless pit I've already explained the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand he laid hold of the dragon the old serpent which is the devil and Satan bound him a thousand years who is this angel I want to know who this angel is is it Gabriel you know who gave the message to Mary and Joseph the spokesman for Israel could it be Michael who was the protector of Israel I don't know who the angel is But I'll tell you this, this is a strong angel. One angel comes and binds the great red dragon. Wow, that's a mighty angel to be able to do that. And he keeps him from deceiving. He throws him in the bottomless pit. He changed him up. This is what's going to happen. Oh, my, wouldn't it be wonderful if the devil was bound right now, but he's not. Oh, no, and he's attacking us, and he's probably been attacking you as well as he's been attacking me. Oh, thank God he's overcome, though. Satan will be arrested. Tell me, is the enemy coming in and lying to you? Is the enemy, watch this, y'all listen, listen. Is the enemy causing fear in you? Is the enemy causing you to worry and be anxious? This is not the will of God, that we be worried, that we be anxious. Oh, I know that we're human, but today you're going through some things right now. Oh, and the enemy is causing you to feel insecure. Uh, can I get a witness? Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and so you know that the enemy's doing that. God's not the author of confusion. The Lord has promised to be with us. He won't forsake us. The Lord has promised that nothing shall separate us from His love. Uh, that is death or life or angels or principalities or powers or height or depth or any other created thing. Romans chapter 8, verse 38-39. And the psalmist in Psalm 46-1 said, God is our refuge and strength of every present help and trouble. And then Proverbs 18 and 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run and are saved. Yes, we can draw near to God. He'll draw near to us. James says in James chapter 4, as we submit to God, then we resist the devil. Chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 and 7. Yes, we can cast our burden upon the Lord. According to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Yes, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in her saved. Proverbs 18 and 10. I'm thankful to God. God is the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our tribulation. Oh, bless his holy name. That we might be able to comfort others with the comfort wherewith we're comforted of God. That's 2 Corinthians 1 3 through 5. I'll tell you what happened to me this week. I visited one of our dear ladies, Betty Daniel. I leaned down. She said, I want to see Brother Randy. I said, oh, what a blessing. I leaned down as she was on her bed of affliction. I said, Sister Betty, the best is yet to come. How many of y'all believe the best is yet to come? She's running the race. She's about to finish her course. And she said, Brother Randy, it won't be long now. And I said, I'm praying for you, Sister Betty. I love you. Keep on fighting the good fight of faith. Yes, Jesus Christ, he's going to usher you into his very presence. And so I'm saying this, Satan is arrested. Secondly, the saints are resurrected. Follow with me. Not only is uh, Satan that he should deceive, I already mentioned that, Satan is arrested till the thousand years are complete. But secondly, the saints are resurrected. Follow the text with me. Here's verse 4 of Revelation chapter 20. Look what it says. I saw thrones. John sees thrones. And they sat upon them. Can I clarify they? I wanted to know when I read this, who is they? Who is they in Revelation 20? Who is John talking about? You know who he's talking about? How many of y'all know who he's talking about? Raise your hand. All right, good. Thank you. There's a couple of people that are still with me. You know what? He's talking about in Revelation 5. When, remember, John looked in heaven and nobody was worthy to open the book and the seals are up. And then he found the lion from the tribe of Judah. John did. He wept. Oh, bless God. And then he concluded in Revelation 5. This is before the tribulation, by the way. John says, I see those. Oh, yes. Those who've been redeemed by the blood. The church will be raptured. This is they, meaning I believe the church will come back with Jesus Christ back to the earth. They sat upon them. Now, they also includes the ones who had their heads beheaded because they didn't worship the beast or the image of the beast. And I believe, personally, they includes the Old Testament saints. Not everybody's in agreement with that, but I derive that particular thought based on, and I hope you're taking notes, Daniel chapter 12. All the preachers in here, all the Sunday school teachers here, really, uh, I hope you're taking notes and digging in the Word. This is very, very applicable and important as you teach your class so that and as we witness to other people to understand the uh, Word of God in regards to the end time. Why? 30% of the Bible is prophecy. I just mentioned that a moment ago. Our families are asking about what's going to happen. People are asking about that even right now. I know a lot of this is a lot at one time, but they is... Daniel 12. In Daniel chapter 12, the Antichrist, as mentioned in Daniel 11, and Daniel goes right into Daniel 12. I wish we had time to look at it, but my time's allotted on every Sunday morning. I can't look at all the passages. Please write it down. How many of y'all writing it down? Let me see your hand. Very good. One, two, three, four, five, six. Hallelujah. Uh, that's the only way i can remember it i'll be honest with you if i'm sitting in church if i don't have a pen and a piece of paper in my hand i get distracted i start looking out the window it helps me just be engaged if i've got a pen in my hand and a piece of paper i can follow and i can write and uh, it keeps me engaged i don't know about you but it helps me and that's why i encourage you to do that same thing as we study the word of god i know we're tired and it's easy to give into the flesh amen and let our minds wander at any rate the old testament saints daniel 12. They'll be resurrected the just and the unjust following daniel 11 all right so saints are resurrected satan is arrested the saints will be resurrected notice he said and judgment was given unto them i'm reading from verse 4 it's in your bible and i saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of jesus christ and the word of god the devil don't care if you know a lot about Secular things nah, he's not intimidated, but the Word of God That's why I love to declare war on the devil and preach the Word of God get you in the scripture No apology no apology. It's the Word of God again I keep saying that the Word of God is inspired It's inspired all scriptures given by inspiration of God by the way, let me just time out right there I think God wants us as a church to know the whole counsel of God not just one or two or three passages Can I get a witness? And that's why we dive deep, and that's why all this stuff is maybe new to some, and that's why some of it might be, you know, and I understand that, but we can't just take one or two favorite sugar sticks of Scripture and everybody jump up and shout, but God wants us to be people of the book and to get in the Word, and let the Word get in us. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly." Colossians 3:16 says. Man shall not live on bread alone, but out of every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4, 4 says. And so Paul said, preach the word, not your opinion, not my opinion. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering. The word of God hurts, yes, but it's the word of God that gets the job done. And I'm simply clarifying, our people know that. And if I take an hour to preach, so be it. I've got one hour out of 168 hours of your week. One hour is not too much. It's not too much in my opinion. In fact, I wish I had two to go every week. I need it, and I'm convinced you need it as well. We're living in days unparalleled, and if we're going to make it through, and if we're going to be strong in the Lord, and if we're going to be soldiers of the cross, and if we're going to be soul winners, and if we're going to be spirit filled, we've got to get in the Word. Let the Word get in us. And I appreciate so many of you tuning in and being here week after week. I'll get criticized after this message. Somebody say, Pastor, why are you apologizing for preaching the word? I'm not. I'm telling you why I do it, all right? (laughs) Because I love you. Now look, the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, and neither had received his mark upon their foreheads and their hands. They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Look at me. How many believe? Y'all listen. We're going through more persecution in the days to come. It's not going to get less. It's going to get more. You say, preacher, you're one of them pessimistic uh, doomsday preachers. No, I'm not. I'm telling you the best is yet to come. I'm telling you God's preparing us now for what's to come. And I'll tell you, they may take uh, the nativity scenes out of public uh, scenes and take the Ten Commandments uh, off the courthouse wall. And they may do uh, some try to eject prayer out of schools and the reading of the Bible. I had a fourth grade teacher that read us the Bible every day. Oh, hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. I'm telling you today, they might do all these things in our present day. And I'll tell you, there's a crowd, y'all see if you agree with me, there's a crowd right now in our nation that is determined to undermine the Word of God and the will of God. And if the devil has his way, that's what's going to happen. That's why the church needs to wake up. Amen. We need to be awake. We need to be alert. Time to wake up. As Paul said, it's high time to wake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us walk not. And and so it's time to wake up, time to light up, time to get up, time to stand up, time to look up. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Saints will be resurrected. I'll tell you something, they can take everything they want to, even try to take our Bibles. Thank God they can't take Jesus out of my heart. They can't take the Lord out of my heart. Brother and sister, we need to hang on that. Saints are resurrected. The rest of the dead lived. Not again until the thousand years were finished. The rest of the dead. That's speaking of the great white throne judgment in the latter part of chapter 20. This is the first resurrection. I mentioned that a moment ago. How many know this is not the first resurrection in the Bible? Let me see your hand. So don't get all bent out of shape. This is not the first resurrection in the Bible. John is not talking about order, yet he's talking about event. Who resurrected first in the Bible? Jesus Christ. Revelation 118, behold, I was dead, and I'm alive forevermore. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, 25, I'm the resurrection of the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Matthew chapter 28, Mark chapter 16, Luke chapter 24, and uh, John chapter 20 all record the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. I believe he arose from the dead. P- uh, uh, Paul, rather, said Christ died for our sins, was buried, the third day rose again. So the first resurrection is the first fruits. Jesus, never to die again. Now, I'm well aware, and you are too, of those graves. How many know those graves opened up when Christ was on the cross and he died? Uh, if you want to conclude that a resurrection, you can. Some say they died again and went back to the grave. Others say they didn't. I will not go there other than saying this. That is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Secondly, the next resurrection is when the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those of us that are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That's called the rapture of the church. Uh, the uh, coming of the bridegroom for the bride. That'll be the second resurrection, not including the one, as I said, uh, about when Christ died on the cross. Third, what about the resurrection of the Old Testament saints? That's going to happen. And then fourth, this first resurrection is those who've been martyred for their faith. So you read this off the first and you say, this is the first resurrection. It means first as in before the millennial kingdom. Oh, yes. And then, blessed is he that is holy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Blessed is he that holy, that had part in the first resurrection, and such the second death had no power. They shall be priests of God and Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. The saints shall be resurrected. What are we going to do in the millennium? Does anybody know? That's a big question. I get asked that all the time. What role is the church going to play in the kingdom? In fact, that's why the Lord had me to write that book. Church now, kingdom later. We're in the church now. God's building up the church now, waiting for the rapture of the church. He's building the church now. We're not in the kingdom now. The kingdom, as I said, will follow. But what role will we play in the kingdom? Can I give you a hint? There's not a lot in Scripture in regards to that. But I will allude to this. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, namely to the church of Thyatira, there's a little bit of glimpse as to what role we'll play. I want to know. Don't you want to know what's going to happen? Do you believe heaven's real? Do you believe we're going to have, don't you want to, you don't want to be standing around saying, what's going on, man? What are we fixing to do now? What's going on? You won't have to say, what's going on? You're going to know what's going on because you've been in church today and we studied what's going to happen in the millennial reign. You're not going to be sitting out there saying, what are they doing? Why are we here? Well, I'm left out. You're going to have great confidence. And I told you at the beginning, this brings hope to our heart to know this world is not our home. We are pilgrims passing through. God is going to reward them that are faithful to him. That's the message of Revelation. Hallelujah. And the devil's going to be thrown in the lake of fire. So we'll participate according to Revelation chapter 2 in some type of role. Some use the word poyman as a role in the nations. But that means ruling or ministrating. You can look at it for yourself. It's going to be glorious, I'll assure you. Ruling and reigning with our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Won't that be wonderful? Oh, praise the Lord. Saints will be resurrected. Society will be perfected. Remember now, Satan is arrested. One angel puts him in the bottomless pit. Secondly, saints are resurrected. We're describing Revelation 20. Thirdly, and this is the way the Lord gave it to me to give to you. Society will be perfected. What I mean? Right now, there's sin. There's chaos. There's confusion. There is evil. And it seems like God is uninterested, and yet he is. Society will be perfected. Let me draw your attention to Isaiah 65. I wish I had more time. I know my time's running out, and I really want to be a good steward of the time. But let me just allude to Isaiah 65. You know what? This new society is going to be perfected. Roses are going to bloom in the desert. Y'all listen to me. I was thinking about that. How many know that roses have thorns? Life is not a bed of roses. It has thorns. But Jesus Christ wore a crown of thorns for me and you, and he will be crowned as the king of kings and the lord of lords. Yes, what will this be like? I'll tell you what it's going to be like. Perfect peace and prosperity during the kingdom. The devil will be bound. There will be bountiful blessings. There will be peace forevermore, as that old song says. The lion shall lay down with the lamb. And the cow and the bear shall eat straw together. During the millennial reign, society will be perfected. Can I tell you something right now? Creation is groaning, groaning, groaning for redemption. Paul says that in Romans chapter 8. And that's when that's going to take place, as it was in the Garden of Eden. A perfect, except there will be sin during the millennial reign. I want to point this out because one man asked me this question this week. And you may say, hmm, I didn't know that. Look at Isaiah 65, verse 17. For behold, Isaiah is a mini Bible, 66 chapters in the book. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. The word create there, you know what that word create is? It's the word bara, B-A-R-A. Say it with me. Bara. You know what that word? It's the same word in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God bara created the heaven and the earth. Same word, meaning God took nothing and made something out of it. You say, Pastor, can you explain creation? No. I've told you all before, I can't understand how a black cow can eat green grass and produce white milk, but I still drink it. God said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But watch. God says, I create a new heavens and a new earth. And the former shall be not remembered nor come into mind. Time out. Do you realize this is eternity future? Some say, well, wait a minute, the kingdom period, is that when the new heaven the new earth is going to be created? No. Just because this is verse uh, 17 before this next verse that I'm going to read doesn't mean that all this is going to happen simultaneously. That's why I'm saying it's important when we read the Bible that we dot our I's, cross our T's, and study it with other scripture. That's how we can be deceived as we come to certain conclusions based on what we read rather than comparing it with all the Bible. And so this new heaven and the earth is going to happen after the millennium, after the kingdom. How do I know that? Let me give you a reference. Revelation 21.1. John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And by the way, over here in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, John said, I saw a great white throne. He that sat on him, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. That's the moment of the new creation of the heaven and the earth. Y'all listen now. There's preachers preaching on this on television. And one of our men asked me this. He said the other day, he said, Brother Pastor, he said, uh, what's this new heaven and new earth? Is it going to be annihilated and recreated or is it going to be renovated? Some believe it's going to be annihilated, the new earth. I mean, this old earth, totally done away with. Why? Because it's cursed with sin. Others say, no, it'll be renovated. I'll put it to you this way. Either way, it's going to be glorious, okay? God's going to do it, and it's going to be glorious. But wait, there's something else about this society perfected. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Y'all look up here just a minute. Did you know children, Brother Josh, are going to live to be 100 years old? and they'll have 100 years to get right with God. And if they don't get 100 years old and get right with God, they'll be punished and sent to the lake of fire. Do you know the book of Isaiah says that? Have you ever read that? Right here it says it. Look. He says, there shall be no more offense an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days, for the child shall die 100 years old. But the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. We're talking about society perfected. Now, listen, I've got to say this. My time's going. People say today, preacher, if we could just get the right environment. There are those politicians today who said, man, if we could just get the right environment, man won't be evil. Wrong. Man's a sinner by nature, choice, and birth. And the book of Revelation, what we're studying today, proves that we need a Savior. It proves you can have a perfect environment. Satan will be bound, peace and prosperity, bountiful blessings, and yet people still follow the devil when he's loosed. That tells us that man's environment isn't the key, but man's being born again is what God says. Hallelujah. All right, society is perfected. The millennial reign of Christ, he's coming again. The explanation of the kingdom, the anticipation of the kingdom, and then the preparation of the kingdom. Let me say this real quick now. I want to just say it now. I know my time's gone. Jesus Christ came offering the kingdom. I'm going back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and Acts. What is the kingdom? Is the kingdom now? Jesus came offering the kingdom when he was here on earth. I get that from Matthew four seventeen. Jesus said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. I get that from Matthew 10, 5, and 6. Jesus said, don't go to the Gentiles, go to the Jews and repent. And say the message, the kingdom of God. He came offering the kingdom of God. Y'all got to hear me, because this is my train of thought in regards to why I believe the kingdom's not now, but it's later, based on the study of the Bible. Now, listen, I'm not being critical. Somebody else believes the other way. That's fine. That's between them and the Lord. Matthew 21, 43. Take your Bibles, turn to Matthew 21, 43. You got to see this real quick. Turn there. Y'all give me another five minutes, all right? Matthew 21, 43. If I end this message right here, there's no way I can come back to it. I want you to see this. Matthew 21, verse 43. Is the kingdom now or is the kingdom to come? Will you tell me? Jesus went to preach the kingdom of God to the Jews. Did they receive the kingdom? I said, did they receive the kingdom? Somebody tell me. Did they receive the kingdom? No. They rejected it. They rejected the kingdom. They rejected the king. That's why the kingdom has been postponed. That's why we're not living in the kingdom now. The kingdom has been postponed to a future event when Christ comes, sets up his reign in Jerusalem, and so technically speaking, the church is not building the kingdom now. I had to change the way I prayed. I used to pray, God, help me to build your kingdom. And then I studied the Bible and thought, wait a minute, we're not in the kingdom now. Not really, the kingdom's coming when the king comes. And the king, where is Jesus Christ right now? Where is he right now? Somebody tell me. Is he on his throne in Jerusalem? No! And that's when the kingdom will come, when the king comes to Jerusalem. Hey, it's important that we be accurate on the word of God. Why? Because we can mislead people and thinking that we're living in the kingdom now. The kingdom is meant to fulfill the covenants with Abraham, David, the land covenant, and the new covenant. And that hadn't happened today. In fact, they're arguing and fighting over the land right now. It won't happen until Christ comes and sets up his kingdom. Matthew 21, verse 43. Here's what Jesus said. Therefore, to the Jews, I say to you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to what? A nation bringing forth fruit thereof. I want to tell you, this is a key verse saying the kingdom has been postponed. Jesus said, I'm taking the kingdom from you. Look here. Look up this text, 1 Peter 2, 9. Peter, a Christian now, the church has already been established the day of Pentecost. Peter's writing after Matthew. Jesus is speaking to Jews in Matthew, right? But the church has been born, 1 Peter 2, 9. He said this in 1 Peter 2, 9. He said, Peter said, your chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. In other words, God says, I'm rejecting Israel because they've rejected me. I'm going to preach the gospel through Peter. Uh, when he brought the gentiles the first message in acts 10 and uh, now the church is born god has a purpose for the church watch this listen y'all listen carefully the church has not replaced israel and a lot of theologians and scholars say aha that means the church replaces israel wrong how do i know that because god's promises are unconditional in the old testament they're not conditional they're unconditional olam forever Therefore, that tells us the kingdom has been postponed. God will inaugurate his kingdom. But right now, the church is being built, Revelation 2 and 3. The kingdom was rejected. Turn over to Acts 1, verse 6 and 7. Turn over to Acts 1. I want you to see this. Don't take pastor's word for it. Study to see the scriptures as they did in the days of Berea. Look at Acts 1. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Look at Acts 1. If the kingdom was then, don't you think Jesus would have told these disciples? Acts 1, verse 6 and 7. Turn to Acts 1, verse 6 and 7. If the kingdom was then, don't you think Jesus said, yeah, the kingdom's right now. But look what he says. Here is Acts. They're preparing for the birthday of the church. Luke is the author. Look at verse 6 and 7, please. Are you in verses 6 and 7? If you are, raise your hand. All right, good. When they were therefore, these Jews who were waiting in the upper room, waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, when they were therefore come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? What did Jesus say? Yep, I'll do it. Yep, you're living in the kingdom now. No, what did he say? He said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. He said, the Father's going to do it in his timing. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but brother pastor, I read over there in Luke 17 where Jesus said, the kingdom of God is among you. Look who he's talking to there. Here's another example of people taking the Bible out of context. Read your Bible, please. You know who he's talking to? The Pharisees. He's not saying the kingdom of God is in them. Check it out. Look it up for yourself. He's not saying the kingdom of God is in them. He's saying the kingdom of God is among them. He's the king. He's bringing the kingdom. And so if you say that he's saying the kingdom of God is among you, you're saying that he was telling the Pharisees the kingdom was in them. That's a wrong interpretation. I'm sorry. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So the kingdom of God has been postponed. It's been rejected. And so the anticipation of the kingdom and then the preparation of the kingdom right now. The preparation for the kingdom. I'm closing now. Prepare for the attacks of the enemy. Here in Revelation 20, that Satan is loose to give, go out, to deceive. Why does God allow that? He's a sovereign God. Guard your heart and mind because of your testimony. The enemy's deceiving. Today, there'll be people to leave today and be critical of what we did today. There'll be nitpicking and fault-finding each other and maybe what we're doing. Well, I think we ought to do this and I think we ought to do that. Be careful that you don't develop a murmuring spirit. Can I get a witness? It's easy to be a whiner instead of a shiner. Hey, look, if you can't be positive about something and speak a good word, then don't speak at all. See, but that's how the enemy works. He don't care who you are, how long you've been in church. It's to get negative and get critical toward each other. This coronavirus has caused more division than I've seen in a long, long time. You believe you ought to wear a mask. You believe you ought not to wear a mask. You believe that it's going to cause this. You believe this. You believe this. You think we ought to do this. You think we ought to do this. Hey, look, church. Let's don't let the devil divide us. I want to say it again. Let's don't let the devil divide us. You see things different than me. I can love you. I can pray for you. We're the body of Christ. We're to love each other and pray for each other. This is the tactic of the enemy in the last days to deceive us, to think that we're right and everybody else is wrong. And just because I've got my opinion and you got yours, that I'm going to break fellowship with you or I'm going to have a know-it-all attitude. Oh, no. That's the attack of the enemy. Husbands and wives need to come together. Guard your heart and mind because of your testimony trust jesus to win the victory fire will come down the lord be a blessing to your family purpose to leave a lasting legacy that's what god is saying prepare for the tax guard your heart and mind and trust jesus to win the victory be a blessing to your family right now that's preparation for the kingdom be a blessing to your family pray for them pour into them disciple them guide them And then purpose to leave a lasting legacy let's stand together can we thank you again for your time today thank you again thank you again for giving me extra time and I tell you we need to get in the Word of God I pray the Lord will bless the time today and God will make it well worth your time in the scriptures and uh, obviously there's a lot to uh, cover are you preparing right now for the coming kingdom right now we know the kingdom is down the road but God is saying right now, will you be blessing to your family? Will you? Will you prepare a lasting legacy now? Will you prepare for the attacks of the enemy? How many of y'all have been under the attack of the enemy? Let me see your hand. Yeah, yeah. Husbands, wives, families, children. Let's prepare. That, 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 we read that, but now we're saying, now, Lord, you're building your church. You, you're preparing us for, to overcome chapter 2 and 3. Let's be overcomers. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I have blind spots. We all do. Father, give us great grace to see what's going on in our world right now and understand the times in which we're living. Prepare us, Lord. Prepare us. Prepare me. Prepare us as a church to know what days we're living And how to be wise as serpents harmless as doves help us know we can be offense to people and help us Lord yet not compromise our convictions God give us great grace in these days to be used of you in a way that we don't have our own agenda but we've got your agenda help us to get in on what you're doing help us Lord to hear you speak help us Lord to look down the road help us father God to prepare our hearts first personal revival. Lord, whether the church experienced revival, whether the nation experienced revival, help us to know, Father God, we individually can experience revival. And I thank you for that. Hallelujah. And I pray blessings on your church and the work of your church and what you're doing. Encourage us, strengthen us, prepare us, Lord. We give you glory now, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.